Hi, and thanks for downloading this episode of Queer I Am, the podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. This podcast started as a small idea and has turned into a real passion project for me and is something that I wish to continue to make way into the future, but I need your help in doing so. So there is a cost in making Queer I Am, the podcast, and it's something that I funded and will continue to do so for the foreseeable future. But if you'd like to get involved and support the podcast by subscribing to Acast Plus, that would be incredible. And if this is something you can't do, no worries at all. I really hope you keep enjoying the episodes and I intend to keep making them for as long as possible. Season three is coming up and you are in for an absolute treat. I am so, so excited. If you'd like to support the podcast, details of how you can do this are in the blurb of the episode you were listening to. And what this also means is you get to listen to all of the episodes of Queer I Am The Podcast, past and future, completely ad-free. So no interruptions whatsoever. What could be better? Anyway, enough of the serious blurb. Let's crack on with the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I am finishing season one with a guest who I have a couple of things in common with. Our love of radio and presenting, and gin as well as being a weekly presenter on BBC Radio Sussex with their show dedicated to the queer community. They're the MD and founder of the Brighton Gin Company, which is such a success story. I'm so happy to be speaking with the inspiring Cathy Caton. So whatever you're up to, this is your time to settle down, relax and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Queer I Am. So thank you so much for being my final guest on season one of Queer Around the Podcast. I'm super excited to speak with you today um, and I've been looking forward to this episode all day. So thank you very much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So how are you feeling today? Well, I'm, now I'm feeling quite nervous to know that I'm the last in the run, that you've been having a brilliant experience with everyone so far and everyone's been fantastic. It's like, oh, the pressure's on. You're a pro. You're going to be, you'll be fine. You oh. present the show. This is all going to be good. It's all going to be good. But no, it's, it has been an amazing um, kind of run up to, to all the, you know, doing all the episodes and everything. And um, yeah, I feel very lucky. So thank you so much for for coming on. So if you had to pick a song for your mood today, what would your song be? Oh, oh my God, what a fantastic question. <laughs> um, maybe uh, Pulp, do you remember the first time? Oh, nice. Yeah, just for the, just for the sing-along ability and, yeah. the, and the, the slight sort of, you yeah. know, 
tragic hero quality of yes. it. Yes, <laughs> amazing, amazing. And it's a question I've asked everyone, and it's one that everyone kind of goes, oh, what, what would I say? What would my song be? I know, and then thing? also it's like, can I even remember what a song is? Like, yeah, I remember the, ti- the yeah, title of the one. mind just kind of goes blank. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to the new Beyonce track all week. Have you heard it? I haven't. Oh my God. It's, it's she, So she has the ability to just hook in every song and it will be stuck in your head for hours. And my husband's like, seriously, please stop singing that song. Like it's getting in both of our heads now. Um, but it's a real summer banger. And on Wednesday, I was at the beach, had a couple of ciders, a couple of cigarettes, had that on my headphones. And I was just having my own little party on the beach. I was just like, this is amazing. Summer's here. The sun's out. Beyonce's got new music. There you go. Very... That's my weekend homework set set for me there to get on out, the... get listening. Yeah, it's, it's it's a really, really good one. It's really good. So a bit about you. Where did you grow up? Are you local from Brighton or did you kind of move here or what's I'm your... not actually. I'm like many, many uh, folk down here. Um, I uh, discovered Brighton, had the, mm-hmm. the passion of the convert, but actually I'm, I'm from the centre of the country. I'm from Oxfordshire, Gloucestershire, okay. countryside yeah. place, incredibly beautiful, Really, really terrible place. I believe to be a young, a young person in to be a teenager in, uh, and as far away from the sea as you can get. Yeah. So, uh, so actually, since I've lived in in Brighton, I've been here for possibly longer than you've been alive for. I've been here for twenty twenty two years and counting. No, no, I'm, I'm definitely older than that. Okay. <laughs> but thank you very much. I'll take that. <laughs> um, and, and since I've moved here, I've never lived more than one road back from the sea, and I'd, and I've never fallen out of love with the whole. Oh my God, the seas at the end of the road, the magic of it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm from Gloucestershire, my dear. But now you would say you're official kind of Brightonian, you're you're established and you love it and I I hope that I've earned I've earned my my chops and I'm glad to say that I do have born and bred Brightonians amongst my my close buddies. But I Amazing. think one of the things that's so incredible about this place is that it wherever you're from, it opens its arms to you. So although I can't have hand my hand on heart and say that I'm, you know, born and bred. I, I absolutely feel a Brightonian, and there's nowhere else in this country that I would live or you could know, live. Yeah, and I don't I'm, know why I tried bothering bothering being anywhere else because it was like finally came here, and, and not as a very young person either. I finally came here, I was like, oh, oh, okay. How old were you when you moved here? I was. Let's do. Let's do. This is. Do, if you want to just have some background music while I do <laughs> a sum and while I subtract twenty two from my age, I would have been. I guess 25. 25. Well, that's a nice age to, to move here. Quarter of a century. Yeah. And, and I guess, you know, um, and I completely relate to what you're saying as well. I mean, every I've asked this question on every podcast and it's one of the kind of standard ones that I ask. And everyone says the same thing. I love it here. I would never leave. I can't think of anywhere else I'd like to live. I've been here eight months, so I'm really, really new. Um, but it's, Well, welcome. This is a decision you. I don't think you're ever, ever going to turn your back on. No, I I can't imagine. I mean, I'm from Suffolk originally, so um, you know, coast countryside, um, kind of town, so Ipswich in the in the town, but um, kind of you know surrounded by countryside, and you know you've got the sea, but it's it's not like Brighton really. It's just like really kind of small seaside towns kind of thing. Um, but here it's just epic. It's just the most incredible place, and I don't feel like I've ever lived anywhere else. It's just com- completely under my skin. Um, so it's so lovely that you say that after all these years as well, and. So many people I've spoken to have said the same thing. Like, I can't imagine being anywhere else. Um, and even in winter, the sea is lovely, isn't it? Because um, we moved here in November time and it was, I was like, will it be bleak? But it was beautiful. It was so, so lovely. Oh my God. So, but, I mean, this is going to be a summer, possibly unlike any other summer that I've experienced in, in Brighton after the last couple of yeah. years. So I hope you are 
ready, braced mm. and girded and and, yeah. and ready ready for things. Yeah. Pride. I'm so looking forward to Pride. I it's cannot... going to be full on. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Yeah, I just can't wait. I've never been to Pride here either, so it's my first Pride here. Um, oh my god! I hope you're keeping a photo diary of all of the, of, of yeah. the first. You get the pleasure of having all of these these first. Hopeful pleasure of having the first. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's and again, eight months here. I've done so much already in terms of meeting different people, having great conversations. So I feel incredibly lucky. Um, Doing this is a great way to meet. I know people it as well. Is. It is, and it's it's so lovely and to find out about people and and you know um, obviously as you said about the countryside, living somewhere. Um, for a young person and I completely agree and actually a young queer person to live in somewhere that's quite rural is tough Um, and you know I definitely think I would have appreciated being somewhere like this earlier on in life but you know we are where we are but it's one of those things where you think oh my goodness why didn't I do this earlier it's just it's just amazing but everything in its right time I guess. I think another reason why I so massively appreciate being being here and and this is not to say that Brighton isn't without its flaws because mm. it has plenty mm-hmm. um, but one of the reasons why I just em- embrace it so wholeheartedly is I had the you know great misfortune to go to school during the days of section 28 mm-hmm. I lived in the deep deep countryside there was not a single uh, role model let alone a positive mm-hmm. a positive one at mm-hmm. all and that whole thing of you you can't be what you can't yeah. see was really really influenced my, my my young life and i think that's why I, I just i so embrace being here and what yeah. it has to give and why i believe so much in being involved in the community here and, yeah. and trying to do that kind of positive cycle as mm-hmm. well yeah because i think it's great isn't it to influence people that are you know coming to the city or even like the younger generation that are here i mean i think to grow up here as a young queer person must be incredible and again every place has its flaws as you've said you know there must be situations here where people still struggle of course there are, but I can only imagine growing up in a city as progressive as Brighton would just be so much easier as a teenager than it was like being in Suffolk or Oxfordshire because it's just it's just so amazing here, isn't it? Um, I mean, if anyone listening to this doesn't realise, we love Brighton. Every guest that I've spoken to visit. loves Brighton. Yeah, Come and visit. Come yeah. and stay. Alfie, Bring a big bag and don't return. Don't return. Well, Alfie Ordinary said that he just wants to recruit people just to keep coming because it's just the most amazing place. But I can I completely agree. So I'm really excited to talk to you about two things today. Um, one being presenting, hosting, radio show, obviously doing a podcast. I've got a radio show coming up very soon as well, which I'm really excited about. What and where? Um, I'm going to be presenting on Glitterbeam Radio. Amazing. Online. When are you starting? Um, July, hopefully, going live on a Tuesday evening. So a little bit nervous, but um, I'm really, really excited. Um, and the second thing is um, gin. <laughs> gin is just my thing. I absolutely love gin. So Brilliant. I feel like we're in very good company today to be talking about radio and presenting and gin. So Fantastic. I'm I hope thankful. you've got a timer going somewhere because I can wang on about these two subjects for, for hours, days, weeks. We, so no, I don't mind. We'll just keep talking. It's it's amazing. Brilliant. So, so obviously you host um, your queer radio show on BBC Radio Sussex. Um, so how did this come about? How what, how was your entry kind of into radio? How, how did it happen? Cool. And I should say, by the way, that um, that just do interrupt me and bring me back if I just go off on a, on a random thing. I, okay. I might need blinkers putting on. <laughs> so. so I, uh, so and, and but actually it does kind of go back to that. How did you end up in, in Brighton? Mm-hmm. Are you? from Mm -hmm. here so when I first moved to Brighton I had was such a an Egypt and I hadn't done any research at all and I basically I quit my job that I was doing and shoved all my stuff in a van drove down here found somewhere to in a way that I would never do that did that all in a day it was like yeah drove down found found somewhere to 
shoved my stuff. It's like, quit my job, new life in Brighton. And because I hadn't done my research, I didn't know that actually there wasn't a huge amount of work here uh-huh. at at all and uh, and that things were very poorly paid and, mm-hmm. and that actually I'd set myself up for, for a bit of a fail. Mm. And for the first time ever, touch wood, in, in my life, I had a, a period of being unemployed. Right. And during that time, I sat and I listened to the radio because I was young enough, 25, it mm-hmm. worked out at the, at the time. I was listening to Radio 1. Mm-hmm. And then when you listen to Radio 1 for... 14 to 16 hours a day, you quickly realise how on rotation everything was. Yeah. So I went through the airwaves and uh, and found Radio 4 and FEEP, this uh, um, station that's, that was pirate boosted from France and all sorts of things, and just absolutely really, really fell in love with radio. Mm-hmm. Um, my first job that I got was as a DJ at the end of the pier. Oh, wow. Um, which, but they basically used to have a radio station on the pier Amazing. in a shed. Wow. Seven hour shifts. It's a long time to yeah, play records for. Yeah. Uh, so I would, you know, lug my, and I started in February. So there was just nothing but chip wrappers and old <laughs> seagulls yeah. at, at the end of, at the end of the pier. But I used to lug my records down in my, in my record bag, mm-hmm. sit in this shed and, uh, yeah. And, and play This is tunes proper, proper DJing, to, proper. Oh no, I was, I, it was generally, I've got a small child called Paul. He only knows that his parents are called Mummy and Daddy. Please come and find it. It was just that it was, you know. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then, thank God for like Donna Summer remixes because mm-hmm. that would give me enough time to mm-hmm. put one of those on, get out of the shed, lock the shed, have a wee, buy a coffee and a donut, come back and carry on for the next four hours of yeah. of shifts. So it was, but yeah, it was kind of two two record players and a bit of yeah. chat in in between. Amazing. And I was really really terrible at it, but I. Absolutely loved it. They had a very, very low critical threshold at the time, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'm still in, in contact with some of the other people who used to do that now, and one of whom's gone on to have a really good radio career Amazing. as well. So oh, I kind of wow. did that. I did a hospital radio. I played all the wrong things at the wrong speed, <laughs> which is, um, I mean, now is, is is easier to avoid because it's less dropping yeah. needles onto records and mm-hmm. doing that thing of... Mm-hmm. And now I'm announcing this thing in my nice, soothing hospital radio thing. Yeah, yeah. I remember my very, very first record that I, that I played, and it was in such old days that you used to go around the wards mm-hmm. and get requests from people who had no other entertainment apart from these terrible people like me playing records, playing records to them. <laughs> and uh, and me and my my friend Claire, who's now the producer of uh, of Woman's Hour, uh-huh. went around and collected these these requests. And the first one was for Ivy. It was her 80th birthday and she wanted this very soothing bit of, of Frank Sinatra. And we had a few other requests and we both got ready to play our first actual, yeah. you know, broadcast records. And I put the needle down on the Pogues Fiesta. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and out it... Out it came and was like, well, there we go. So we both started our radio kind of proper yeah. broadcasting careers with these, this just this massive mistake. Yeah. But that's fine. You also, the thing I love about radio is you have to live with it when you get it wrong. Well, it's, yeah, and it's you like, you just have you to learn. move on. You just ha- you have to do it. And yeah. it's like, actually, you learn from those situations that yeah. you become better and you then hopefully take that forward for the next time or whatever. Yeah. But I'm um, sorry, continue. No, that's okay. I was just going to, um, I mean, I was going to bang on endlessly about radio because <laughs> I love it so much. And also it let, me meet so many and continues mm-hmm. to let me meet so many amazing people around mm-hmm. around Brighton. Yeah. So probably the key pivotal bit for me was I became involved in uh setting up um Brighton's community radio station, Radio mm-hmm. Reverb, oh, okay. which is 18 this year, wow. which is amazing. And through that I met incredible people. I met my best friend through 
through that. Uh, great friends who now I work with at doing my, the BBC yeah. stuff. I met my most you know significant ex. All sorts mm-hmm. of all sorts mm-hmm. of of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just but it just really let me find a network and a community and mm-hmm. across the the community as well. It's mm-hmm. just I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And I think people who are into radio are really brilliant as well, generally. So it's I'm so delighted you're going down this path. I love it. Yeah, I do. It's it's always been a I think for me it's and it's really lovely to hear your kind of background story because I've it's something that I've always wanted to do but never really known how to do it. And again, this city, it's opportunity. There are so many creatives here that you speak to and they're like, oh well why don't you try X, Y and Z and before you know it you've met three other people and you know I literally, actually, um, I saw a radio job on the BBC on on, in, on, De- on Indeed, and and then I saw uh, Glitterbeam, and it was a volunteer role for uh, a queer radio station. I was like, this is perfect. It's an opportunity to get, you know, experience. And by that time, I'd started recording the podcast, so I could send them a bit of a showreel, and they were like, yeah, let's have a chat. So I think you start doing stuff, and then things kind of progress from there, really, don't they? So um, it's Absol- a good way to absolutely. do it. Absolutely. And I think also one of the things that's really... Um, is is very typical of Brighton is that lots of people do lots of different things. Mm. Uh, people are spinning lots of plates. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I do a full time job and I do my radio show mm-hmm. on the side and mm-hmm. various bits of kind of volunteering and stuff like that. And I think that's really typical that mm-hmm. lots of people do those do those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people need to do that because it's a blinking expensive place to live now. That is probably the biggest. Yeah. Downside, I think, and challenge at, at the moment yeah. is, the, is the cost of living in in Brighton. But also, it means you meet all of these incredible people, yeah. and everyone wears, yeah. uh, you know, the your person in the post office is in a samba band or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah. That's true. Actually, but I think that's that's lovely though, isn't it? And um, I I think that it's it's your life. You know, it's like just doing a nine to five or just kind of like you know coasting through life is a shame, isn't it? And when you start to meet different people and get involved in different things. It just adds stuff to you. I mean, I I definitely think doing the podcast, being here, being in the city, meeting people has improved my mental health no end because I I have purpose. I've got creativity kind of fl- flowing through me, which I think I'm a creative person. So I kind of need that. And if I if I don't get that, I feel a bit kind of like, oh, you know, what do I do now? What's you know, I don't just want to sit in and watch the telly. I want to be doing something. So I think it's it's brilliant to kind of have lots of different things on, you know, on the go. Definitely. It's, it's and I think one of the things that I'm really um I so maybe 10 or 15 years ago, there was a lot of talk about the the death of radio and it mm-hmm. was just on its way out and who was going to listen to it. And, what, mm-hmm. and the unstoppable rise and rise and rise of the podcast, I think, shows exactly the opposite yeah. is, is happening. And and that thing of it's very intimate having yeah. a pair of headphones on and listening to something. And often we think we listen while we do other yeah. other things. Yeah. And then you can have that moment when you find that you've stopped in the middle of what you're doing and you're listening really yeah. intently to to something i just it's yeah. an amazing amazing medium more of it God yeah it. absolutely i've been listening to coming out podcasts mm. um on on apple and um i was at the beach the other day and again i was listening but i was also doing other bits on my phone and but again there's certain moments you're right you stop and you kind of go wow i i'm so glad i listened to this i wouldn't have known that person's story like i would never would have looked at them on instagram or, or whatever you know it's just it's there you're and you feel really connected with that individual in that moment so i think that that's a really lovely thing so in terms of your bbc radio show um what can people expect if they've not listened to it before what kind of things do you cover what's the show format 
So I do a do a magazine show. Uh, it's a, a an hour a week. Um, I've been doing it for the last last few years. Uh, prior to that, I used to do a show called Out in Brighton mm-hmm. on Radio Reverb, which I did for many many years and for a long time. Actually, was the the only queer po- um, podcast and broadcast of its mm-hmm. of its type. So um, so it's, it sort of follows that format, but with with probably less challenging music. Um, <laughs> But what I try and do in each in each uh, show, so it's broadcast on a Wednesday night, nine nine till ten ten pm, mm-hmm. and on that generally try and have three interviewees mm-hmm. from. So it co- covers Sussex and Surrey, mm-hmm. but also if there's someone amazing who's wafted into the UK, like Armstead Morpin or someone like mm-hmm. that, it's like brilliant. Get get yeah, them get on them there. On. Yeah, um, but I try and cover absolutely. Just anything and everything from from across the community. I'm very, I'm very kind of community focused and mm-hmm. minded. So at the moment, uh, doing lots with uh, Pride in Surrey mm-hmm. um, because they're they they're incredibly active all, all year round. Obviously, we're in the countdown to to Brighton Pride. Yep. But we've got all sorts of things, whether it's the Trans Pride Hub launching mm-hmm. on St. James's Street. Which we've is just, amazing. We've just had the Festival and Fringe, yeah. tons and tons of queer performers there. Yeah. Um, try and do do all sorts. And and, a, and a, quite often they're quite serious topics. So it might be next week I'm talking to someone who's going to talk about specific issues around uh, dementia and the LGBTQ plus community and mm. ageing and mm-hmm. domestic violence. So there's a, there's a, there is a smorgasbord. Yeah. Um, but that's great though, isn't it? Because actually I'm, I was speaking to someone in the pub the other night. Again, you have random conversations in the pub, don't you, over a beer, but I was speaking about... Um, my you, pubs are so great. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, me and my friend were talking about um, the trans community and actually um, I was reading something about um, like dementia care for trans people and actually how... Um, you know, we really need to be educating carers and kind of the care community about that because it can be really, really um, damaging for trans people that are going through dementia. Like some people forget they've transitioned. You know, some people are treated badly in terms of their gender. If they've not had, you know, gender reassignment surgery, they're treated as the opposite gender. And it's all that stuff that, you know, if it's not directly in your, you know, in your in your mind or something you're going through, you don't necessarily think about it. But when you start reading something or listening to a radio show and having those conversations, it's like, oh, wow, this is a really, really important thing to get right. So that's great that you have those serious conversations because it educates everyone, doesn't it? And it's all, and I'm just is it up for talking to to anyone about mm. about anything. As long yeah. as it, it fits under the general LGBTQ plus uh, umbrella, then yeah. I think you know, bring it on. And actually, I've, um, one of the reasons, many reasons why I love doing it are things like I work with the incredible Melita Dennett, who uh, who does the BBC Introducing mm-hmm. the South show, so loads and loads of new music, and every week she feeds me two yeah. queer new bands to Amazing. to play, and so and I'm really proud that I've been able to give like, the first yeah. FM airplay to so many yeah. bands over over time, but also it gives me selfishly, I guess I've had the opportunity to learn lots. So mm-hmm. I work with a, a, a regular uh, intersex uh, contributor mm-hmm. and, and campaigner um, who has, uh, through whom I've learned learned mm-hmm. loads. And mm-hmm. I think there's that thing of not stopping the journey of no. learning and asking people questions and hearing their stories is a great way to to go about that. And it's it, in, and we'll talk about allyship in a bit, but it's it's that perfect way to be an ally, isn't it? It's and, and if you're respectful and you ask questions and you don't know something, as long as you're decent with people, actually people are willing to talk about stuff, and that's really important. It's the only way our community becomes more together by asking those questions and having those discussions. So that's that's a really really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just getting also as as much of a 
diverse diverse range of voices on air as as mm. possible. So another thing that I try and do with with um, the show on the BBC is also actually use some of the content that appears through the station over the rest of the mm-hmm. week to go. Actually, there is this. Yeah, the stuff is is out there, but but trying to signpost it to towards yeah, people. Absolutely, um, and. And also, you know, sometimes people hear things that they don't like or have a different view, and that's mm-hmm. good and healthy mm-hmm. as well, actually. And mm-hmm. occasionally, I get the equivalent of a letter in green ink from people, and I always keep them because it reminds me why it's worth making the effort to do it week in, week out. Yeah, it's like, wow, if someone could be bothered to sit down and write this, this, these emails about uh, the what's awaiting for me in in hell because of uh-huh. my. Yeah. Inverted commas, so-called lifestyle choices. Like, who's, who's who's even calling? Oh God! Yeah. It's, like, it's like that's a reason. You to can keep swear going. on this as well, by the way, if you need to. Can I? <laughs> yes. Excellent. <laughs> Give it I was F-bomb. going into. I was. Yeah. No, no. It's like I have to wear my different different no, hats. No, no. And, Take the BBC off. You can absolutely exactly. swear on this. It's fine. Yeah. No, I think. Yeah, and that's. Do you know? It's. Yeah, we've talked about this kind of stuff on every podcast. It's just. It's just a real shame that people feel the need to still be doing stuff like that and sending those messages but you know i watched an interview this is completely unrelated to lgbt but it's kind of no it's not it's not really related but um i watched an interview the other day um with uh jennifer lopez and um she'd received this lifetime achievement award and she thanked everyone that had ever criticized her and anyone that had ever given her a bad review she said because you made me do better and keep going and i thought that's a really it was really powerful in that moment and she was visibly upset about the whole thing that getting this award was really special to her but I think that's what you're saying it's like actually every time you get something like that right well I'll do more Mm. I'll try harder because actually your opinion is one opinion Mm. but actually this is helping so many more people absolutely and And every time every time someone goes to the effort of of saying um, although my personal I find it hilarious every time someone uses the phrase you're ramming homosexuality down our throats I just think it's they, off, they, they really should have. They <laughs> yeah. also really should have thought about that that choice of choice of words. Yeah, but it's like, actually <laughs> there's that whole thing of going. Well, actually, every time you you say that or say how un you know how un unnatural things yeah. are, or how there is no such thing as yeah. non-binary or or mm. transgender. It's like actually that's such a reason to keep to keep, keep going, it. keep doing it, and yeah. to talk about everything from mental health to stigma around uh hiv to there's there's so there's there's stuff to just keep talking about and doing all the time and our queer history again it's just something that we have to keep talking about it's it's so so important um i think like um it's funny isn't it when they say oh you know don't don't do this don't you know you're going on about the gay agenda whatever turn off the radio don't listen to my show you know it's like you don't have to listen to this if all you're going to do is spout hate out don't bother i'd rather just focus on the people that actually want to listen to this but that's those other people that really do want to learn and do want to educate themselves that's the reason to keep doing it i was actually in the pub i always start with the story in the pub i was in the pub the other week i see no issue with that <laughs> no at all <laughs> well, i would on. be in the wrong industry job. <laughs> you would absolutely absolutely um but this lady was was drunk and um she was selling herself as a real ally she follows me on Instagram, so she may listen to this. Who knows? But I'm a real ally. Da, 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 da. But what I don't get is the non-binary thing. You're born a boy. You're born a girl. And instantly, I just thought, do you know what? Why have I now got to have this conversation with you? Like, if you are going to spout off something that's so ignorant and so just close-minded, I haven't got time to have that conversation. And I did kind of say to her, I don't agree with what you're saying. And actually, you're wrong. She's like, well, educate me. And I was like, that's not my job. You need to, before you, if, and if you're uneducated, 
don't say that. You're in a gay bar. You know, you're not an ally. You can't call yourself an ally on one hand and then spout something off like that. So this was like one thirty in the morning at Legends. I was yeah. like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm officially done. But, um, you know, it, it, that really annoys me because people need to be educated in their opinions. And if you don't know what you're talking about, just find out first. And if you don't agree with it, don't agree with it, but actually back up your facts or... Or, yeah, you know, and we get to we get to live in a world where access to information is is yeah. so you know yeah. we have a have a library in our pockets yeah. and yeah yeah and all the queer books out there there's so many great resources like I literally need to stop buying queer books I've got so many on my bookshelf that I've not read I mean I think I've built about thirty since I've been here in Brighton and I keep ordering more and Theo's like when are you going to read these books and I'm like I will get round to it but winter's coming well, that's I know, fine. no but I'm I'll be at the pub again, wouldn't I? This is the problem. This is the problem. So I guess, you know, I think it's been really clear that, you know, it's important for you to to have this show, but I think it really speaks to the to the queer community. So that must be quite an honour for you to have like started your radio career back in the day here and then to be presenting for the community. I mean, how does that feel as a queer person? Oh, absolutely. It's, I am, uh, first of all, so incredibly grateful to have the the opportunity to to do it who knows how long for as well Mm -hmm. or when the when the you know winds of cuts come and go through and 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 change i'm incredibly grateful for the many years spent on radio Mm -hmm. reverb and i still i'm still involved in reverb by supporting one of their shows they're just Mm -hmm. incredible i'm going to talk to you about them when we finish when we finish this um radio reverb yeah but is the presenter billy oh Billy, I've been in touch with someone from Radio Reverb. Oh, we'll just let's they discuss. They have a queer show. I think we'll discuss yeah. afterwards. Yeah, um, it, but it's. It, I just I loved the things I did through it and the, how and the amazing friendships that I made mm-hmm. through it. And also, I think one of the things that I always knew but became really underlined for me by doing out mm-hmm. in Brighton for so many years was just what an incredible community. Mm-hmm. St- just seen we mm-hmm. we have here there are so many charities community groups grassroots organizations yeah. there are brilliant people doing incredible stuff Absolutely. all the time and, mm-hmm. and everywhere mm-hmm. um yeah is it important to have a, a voice for the queer community do you feel like a responsibility god i'm probably more of a liability so sometimes <laughs> but yes i do i do think i do think it is and i think one of the things that i come up against on a reasonably regular basis is and and i should say that these the critical voices aren't all from from without of our community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they are from from people under mm-hmm. the the umbrella mm-hmm. of people going, "Well, but you know, isn't everything all? You know, you're everywhere now, yeah. isn't it all mainstream? Yeah. And and do you really need to yeah. to have this? Mm-hmm. And and actually, I think that as long as there are people like that woman in the pub, mm-hmm. um, and where there are incidents of, and I think particularly for our our trans siblings, Absolutely. I think we absolutely there's there is a there is a, a need mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. as there is for for voices for all minorities we're a minority yeah group, absolutely and i think it is important to have a to have a space also i mean i guess the ideal would be that there wouldn't be any need for it no at all yeah. but i think that we're long we're a long way from that Completely. I mean, maybe in my doti, I mean, my beard's coming on quite nicely now, but maybe my beard is fully, fully formed, um, <laughs> light, and and I'm and I'm in my dotage. Things will have moved on so significantly yeah. that that actually it isn't needed anymore, and it belongs to a part of of history, and that would be a great thing to aspire to. But I really, honestly, I think that yeah, we 
our voices and our mm. glorious diversity of voices mm. need to be need to be heard, should be heard. And when you're st- bloody brilliant, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I know, and and I just oh, I I love being queer. I love being who I am in this environment. It's amazing, and I think you know I, I did Pride a few years ago in Suffolk. I was part of the committee to organise it, which was amazing. And I remember the chair was asked the question on the news you know why do we have pride and she said well until we have global equality we will always need pride and and that's the thing isn't it it's not just about pride though it's it's the conversations like in the pub or people that are unsure about something we are going to need to keep educating or people educating themselves and until we get to that point where everyone says yeah it's equality for all there will always need to be celebrations of of different kinds for intersectionalities and you know the community so um yeah it's, it's so important isn't it and it's important to have that voice and you know, um, represent the community and be the be the champion. It's a it's a privilege, I guess, isn't it, to do it? Absolutely, absolutely. And the, and the fact that there's never uh, there, you know, there's have that one one whole hour mm. in a in a week, yeah. and there's there is always more stuff to cover than there possibly is is room to. And it's yeah. like, well, that shows to me as well that it needs to be done. Needs to be done. It's a privilege, isn't it? Absolute so, privilege. if you're my commissioning editor and listening <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> First of all, I hope this is within the guidelines, and secondly, keep that to keep the voice on on yeah, air. Absolutely, this different section of the community. It's so. amazing. It's- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So amazing. So, second topic, gin. Oh, where my I have goodness. to have my clear, clear divide between what has previously been discussed and with this. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you could have gin on the radio. It'd be an interesting show. I mean, you know, who knows? I actually did think about bringing a bottle of gin today. I thought we could have a drink when we. Oh uh, my god! I have learnt the extremely. <laughs> 
awful way okay. to never, to never uh, mix booze and and yeah. and speaking publicly. <laughs> but you know, it's important that we learn these lessons. Absolutely, absolutely. But I, I have absolutely learned my lesson. Mm. Well, I so I first started coming here last summer, and I was very lucky. Um, I stayed at the Grand a few times um, in the summer and in September. And my first cocktail, and I'm not joking here, was a uh, Brighton Gin cocktail. And it was because I was... Lumen brilliant. Yeah, I was like, I need to try a different gin. I always have like Tanqueray or Bombay Sapphire. And I was like, I need to try something a bit different. So I did a Brighton Gin and it came with a beautiful slice of orange and it was just gorgeous. And so I now go to Pesca Tutoria, you know, the Italian restaurant. And whenever I go there, I always have a lovely Brighton Gin there as well. And they've got a beautiful tonic. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. It's oh, so, so lovely. Put, that's a smile on my face. Yeah. Well, I think something, that, something relates to your kind of, you know, hometown or the place you live. I think it's important, isn't it, really? So um, I understand where the idea, I've done my research, where the idea came from. But do you want to tell the listener how the Brighton Gin Company came to fruition and the idea you had when you were out exercising yeah. so you that's you have done have done your, your swatting definitely so this um and this is now a really long time ago this is 11 years ago wow. which is which is absolutely terrifying but um yeah the idea came out and it was i think i probably only ever had one genuinely mm-hmm. big light bulb moment and, and mm-hmm. brighton gin was was it um and it came after i'd had a, a very very late night dancing around uh, a friend's kitchen table in Bedford Square. We'd stayed up like, till the, yeah, late. Late. <laughs> uh, I think it's what we need to know. And uh, and the next day I was going for a run down the seafront. Mm-hmm. And as I was running, I just had this moment going, oh, bloody hell, if I'd been drinking anything other than gin, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have got off my sofa, let alone be going for a mm-hmm. run. Trot, trot, trot. Mm-hmm. Ah, gin is the one thing that lets me get away with it. Yeah. Brighton is a place that needs to get away with it on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, Brighton needs its own gin. That's it. I'm going to make Brighton gin. Amazing. How hard can it be? That que- that question you should never, ever ask or say or think because <laughs> as soon as you say that, you're just in- invoking the, yeah, the muse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I turned around for, for my run and, and pegged it home because, you know, there are always bubbles in in uh-huh. ideas. And, and I was so, it's like, I want... The only gin that I want to make is the one called Brighton Gin. Mm-hmm. And if someone else is already trying to make it, then, you know, actually good luck to them. I look forward to trying it. And, yeah, and, stuff. Yeah. and But got got home, got on the, the interwebs, <laughs> and it turned out not only was no one trying to make a Brighton Gin, but actually there'd never been a distillery, not only in Brighton, but on the south coast. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, great. I'm going to just go you for it. it. And the me and my sister registered a trademark found out how to do that and like okay well now i'm gonna and and at the time i was was commuting up to up to london so courtesy of the extremely poor train service i had a lot of time Uh on the train and i just read read books and books and books Uh, i also was reading lots of books about artisan cheese because i was thinking about making cheese at the same at the same time as well but (laughs) um and uh, and i've still i've kept all of those yeah books they're just yeah well, it's the history it's hard, of it, isn't it's it? Hard, yeah, yeah. It's hard, but um, yeah, and and that was it, really. But it was a proper kind of light bulb yeah, moment. That's amazing. So, um, how does it go from being a light bulb moment to being a company which is so successful? I mean, what what were the steps you had to take? I mean, how did you? I had to go grey for a start <laughs> and get these eye bags. But it's it's lo- and a lo- it's a long, long. Yeah. I, I mean, it's been the, that thing that it's eleven years ago, mm. and um. And we probably could or should be maybe further or bigger than than mm-hmm. we are. But the way that I've done it and we've done it has been 
it's definitely been a it's been a hard route, but it's mm-hmm. also been a like an authentic one. Mm-hmm. So we started off with uh, me and my buddy uh, Easy, and um, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to make gin. I know that I need a scientist. Who do I know who's a scientist? And the only one I know is my my friend uh, Doctor Easy, and um, and asked him to be involved. And it shows how little I know about. Gin, because he's a physicist. He knows the square root of bugger all about chemistry, which is actually what what you need. But okay. he's really, really good with a spreadsheet. And um, yeah, and we basically we bought a still off the internet and wow. started researching licensing and stuff and stuff. And and basically, then I spent about two years making lots of really, really bad recipes. Yeah, yeah really yeah. bad. Yeah, uh, so have kept a sample of, of each of them. Wow, use them for cleaning every now and again. But I just <laughs> and, and when I started off with with trying to make Brighton gin, I had this huge shopping list of botanicals that I wanted to yeah. to put in there, and and I've become to really believe this adage of just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right, and mm-hmm. uh, and gradually kind of weeded them out, and in the end, actually, and so. We did the recipe down and then ended up distilling each thing separately. Mm-hmm. So in effect, basically making all these different mm-hmm. vodkas mm-hmm. Out, out of um, these things. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, you're the culprit. Get out. Yeah. Um, so spent just a really long time making loads and loads of terrible mistakes. But, you know, the thing about the terrible mistakes is I, th- I think the if you think about the times that we cock up oh my god do you learn from it you learn so much from when you have yeah a disaster yeah absolutely and the key thing is just to make sure that you learn from it yeah and definitely. And, and yeah so but 11 years old i mean 11 years such on a success. 11 years on and now we're still here touch touch wood despite the best efforts the last couple of years yeah. uh, we're just moving into a new distillery at the moment Amazing. we have a trusty team there's uh, there's and your mum. six of us my mum st jude is our production manager Amazing. Uh, she waxes and fills every bottle Amazing. she's 79 she won't listen to this it's fine don't, don't divulge <laughs> but how age. lovely is that it's it's, ab- it's absolutely purpose isn't it it's beautiful it's... and um, my god I, i've learned so much about Oh, we have a, an amazingly diverse team mm-hmm. across every every measure, and I really, mm-hmm. really massively value that. But one of those things is about age diversity, because uh-huh. actually we've got a 53-year age gap between wow. my youngest and oldest employee, wow. and the different perspectives and things that they bring is incredible. And the thing that my mum has taught everyone, including myself, is about focus, Mm -hmm. doing a thing until it's done, even if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. And it's really that work ethic thing is absolutely, I think it shames us all into working, into working harder or doing, doing better. And then in return, my younger colleagues show how to use her mobile phone, help her deal with all the spam calls and and things. Social media and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So there's a real, and there's some great storytelling when it's cocktail Friday um, and Charlie, our operations manager, who's also my partner for added complications, gets that makes makes cocktails. Everyone sits. You have a down. cocktail every Friday. We do have co- we try and have cocktail Friday every on a regular basis. That's sometimes amazing. it's on Tuesday. It's sometimes it's if it's been particularly tough. We've had a few on kind of a Wednesday lunchtime mm. recently. It's like that's just everyone. <laughs> but um, are you hiring? <laughs> but, we, but we generally do, we try and and also everyone works so hard. They're amazing and. Yeah, everyone does everything. You know, yeah. Every bottle of Brighton Gin is made by hand by Beautiful. us. Mm. Um, and when we first opened our old distillery doors to to show people around and have people in, the I did the first tour there, and the first person who came in was this woman who went, "Oh, I just came to have a look because I heard it was all made in Scotland in a big factory." And it's like, "That's amazing!" I'm, f- how have you? 
how did I'm, that I'm, rumor I'm start? I'm just really fascinated. Yeah. It's like, absolutely not. Come, these are our stills. This is my mum. Here we are. This is all the unsexy cardboard that's involved in making making gin. Yeah. We're in a single room. I mean, absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that's, it's incredible. It's such a story. And I mean, you've won so many awards as well. So to 2016 onwards, I mean, you've you've won a lot of awards oh, for, for your gin. You. So that's that must feel such a privilege to have this idea not privilege it's hard work but like you have this idea and then it's it grows your family are involved your partner's involved and then you're getting that recognition how does that how does that feel oh it can be quite tear making yeah. to us we are seaside strength uh gin so this is our 50 percent navy mm-hmm. navy gin it's mm-hmm. absolutely delicious it's got real i mean it means it's a yeah navy navy gin 57 percent, and it was uh featured on sunday brunch the other day and the, the guy who was talking about it said this is the world's best navy gin it's like oh my god that's amazing so i'd had a little cry then oh had a little cry then and i think also there's a thing of with the uh, awards and things Mm -hmm. so our pavilion strengths that's a 40 Mm percent original classic Mm -hmm. brighton gin that was in the uk's favorite gin in 2017 or something like that and that it is just it's an incredible thing when people who you don't know Mm -hmm. who aren't your friends and family because all my friends and family have been roped into into this um they when when strangers go this is this is fantastic and we we applaud it well this is recognition isn't it that you know people don't have to give you um so it kind of it 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 means more to have recognition from everyone but it's but it's something that's really quite you know they go on the television saying wow this is an amazing gin i mean that's that's such a, a privilege to have that kind of commentary and that and recognition I think my probably my absolute favorite thing though is to be in a random pub mm-hmm. somewhere far away from brighton and for someone who, again, who i don't know to come in and ask for a brighton gin it's so exciting how do you feel when you go into a pub and you actually see the bottles on the shelves does it do you I, feel a bit excited i feel extremely excited yeah, I um and uh and it's always and it's brilliant and, and actually one of the amazing things with things like twitter and instagram is mm-hmm. that it's connecting us with the journeys of brighton gin bottles around yeah, the world and i I absolutely love that there are various pictures of Brighton Gin on safari somewhere. And uh, we do quite a lot of export, which is really exciting. Um, so how many bottles and, a week are you kind of like distributing, would you say? It was, so over the last, well, over the kind of pre-COVID mm-hmm. COVID year, we made and sold 28,000 bottles of gin, all made by hand. Wow. So it feels like absolutely loads to, yeah, to us. Goodness. That's, but... That's sort of the equivalent to about half a day for for a big producer, Company. so mm-hmm. mm. Gordon's, for example, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or Bombay Sapphire. That's yeah. so. That's the kind of the idea of the the scale. So yeah. we are we're still a, a minnow, but being super high quality and handmade, and just, you know that's that's never got in the way of amazing whiskey distilleries. It's no. we're, it, we're not going to let let it get, get get in our way. In fact, it's a thing to be proud of. Absolutely. And I think back in the day, I used to be. Not embarrassed, I guess insecure, I suppose, about the scale of our mm-hmm. setup. And now I'm I'm so proud of it. I'm really proud that mm. a human does every bit of this yeah. this thing. And if you get something with a slightly wonky label, it's because a person's done it. Yeah, it's got it's got a bit of kind of character to it, hasn't it? It's, That's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. um and I and I love that. Yeah. It sounds like you've got a really nice culture at the company as well. Like everyone's really happy to work there and, you know, enjoy being part of it. They've been doing a lot of heavy lifting this week, so they may, they may give you a different <laughs> We won't do a staff survey. <laughs> give you a different different answer. But I think one of the 
um, one of the things is that with the noble exception of my my friend uh, mm-hmm. Easy, who's now he's he's still on the board. He's a director oh, who wow. does a full time, gro- very grown up job else yeah. elsewhere. But with the the exception of him, we've all kind of got arts backgrounds. Yeah. We're all totally retrained from this really. You know, Charlie, the operations manager, yeah. uh, was an anthropologist in Berlin, yeah. and now is an operations manager in gin company in, wow. in Brighton. Paul, my distiller, um, I first knew him when he was a riot copper, but before that, he was a prima ballerina. It's like wow. this is fantastic. I love how the ballet dancing, yeah. riot coppery distiller. I just can't tell how it sounds fun. I just imagine all it's these really like theatrical fun. kind of shows going on and stuff. It's, it's really fun. And there's lots of terrible puns, which I, I absolutely <laughs> adore as well. But I can't praise my team highly enough. They're just amazing. And I'm yeah. and also they've taken a real so until we've moved into our new distillery, mm-hmm. which has windows, we spent the last six years working in a, a basically a breeze block wow. shell without wow. any windows. Yeah. Um, without any heating. Wow, that's going to be amazing, isn't it? To have windows and I, well, so fresh I, air. I pitched up today um, with yeah. my bingo wings are flapping and a in a, in a chopped off t shirt. Like, oh my god, there's daylight. And I, just, I feel like I need one of those t shirts. I have to say, they are really cool. I have a hundred thousand grey, bright, and gin t shirts at home. I'm very happy to chop some sleeves off and bring you some. Bring I'd you some round. Yes, I'd love one. Um, Thank you. But yeah, I think that you know they've just they've really. Um, th- and thrown their weight behind the mm. idea of trying to mm-hmm. build something that's sustainably and ethically produced, yeah. that's rooted in its community, yeah. but also is about having a great time. Yeah, Because for me, the magic of gin and kind of going back actually to that night, yeah. which I can remember would in Charlie's flat in in Bedford Square with that, and it was a bottle of Plymouth gin actually. So I mm. guess there probably was a location thing in the back. Mm. In the back. Um, and and I loved that thing of a bottle of gin and a gang of yeah. mates just having a really bloody great time yeah. i can tuck it i have to say i can tuck it away and actually ants other half can tuck it away as well like we wake up sometimes and my other half says how many did you have last night and i say oh, about six doubles and i don't and he's like how are you not hung over i'm like it just doesn't make me hung over i feel magic. See, i that's can function it. gin lets you get away with it yeah. and and actually as time has gone on and i've learned much much more um about the science behind mm. things, which is a journey that I'm still on at the moment, which I, I absolutely love. So all sorts mm. of these kind of convoluted processes that I've experimented my way to over the mm. years. And then actually it turns out there's a really solid yeah. scientific background behind oh, it. Okay. So with the distilled, so with ours is a London dry style gin, which is the best quality of gin. Yeah. We don't talk about it on label because we're proud Brightonians mm-hmm. and want to talk about everything Brighton. Mm-hmm. But it basically it means it's distilled and then after distillation, mm-hmm. um, the only adjustments you can make are like for for strength, so with with alcohol and, and water yeah. to get strength right. And distillation strips out the the things that give you that horrendous kind of middle of the eye headache. Mm, oh yeah. And and the mm, had a few of those. <laughs> gut rot that you might get from super yeah. heavy red wine or, yeah. or really heavy brandy or something mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. it does it's all you need to do is make sure you stick on the gin and not at the last moment go or the last drink of night go for something yeah, something I've, different. I've mixed the grape and the grain a few times, and then the next day I've been like, "Oh dear, why did I do that? Yeah. That's, that's not good." Because I, it was a great idea at the time. I know, I know. I've actually been drinking quite a lot of beer recently. Um, yeah, and I've quite enjoyed it. I think it's a summer thing, but um, but gin yeah. definitely is my. I just I can drink it like juice. That's the problem. It doesn't last very long. 
I don't have a problem, honestly. Every story on this podcast is the pub, <laughs> gin, how much I can drink. But you know, pubs are the hub of the community. Well, and eight so. months and you need to, this is where, you, where we go to I'm meet networking. and socialise and, <laughs> and, and connect contacts. with people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They've, they've existed, the pub has existed in the yeah. in the UK for, for nearly 2,000 years. And if we and don't they, use they, them, they'll go. This is the thing. Absolutely. There's so many pubs that have closed down over the country. Yeah. So it's, it's really important. I also love as well um, how your eco delivery system in terms of the bikes. And because I'd seen a few of these bikes going around with like the, like the crates at the front and stuff. And I was like, is it just advertisement or are they actually delivering gin? And then when I did the research, I was like, no, they actually deliver the gin on the bikes. It's just incredible. It's just what, what made you, I mean, obviously it's very eco-friendly, but was that something you always intended from the outset when you started the company or was it like a Gosh, natural progression? I, I, mean, I think to begin with, it was a need to have to deliver gin. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do it? Okay. Yeah. This is fine. So the, the bikes that we use that we pedal pedal around on, so they're kind of green, bright and gin coloured yeah. bikes. They're actually they're old post office bikes. Oh wow. And the post office got rid of them X number of years ago. Uh and fun fact, the post office bikes are they're they've been recycled previously. they they are melted down World War Two tanks. So when you oh, saw me wow. struggling to put my bike again and lock yeah. it up earlier, that's why it's made of it's made of tanks. So they were, wow. they were so they were tanks, they became post office bikes, yeah. and then they went off to uh to a charity that I've read about who bought these bikes and for everyone that's purchased yeah. they donate another bike to a microfinance project in Malawi it's like wow this fits in with yeah. some, I think okay and I need to carry some big boxes of stuff I'm going to get one of those amazing and uh, I can take or I used to be able to take I don't know if I could do it now um uh, 18 bottles of gin so three cases of gin on one of those bikes two and two in the basket on the front one on the back mm-hmm. and and actually be able to Pedal, pedal as well. Do you do home deliveries or just to like shops and things? Yeah, so actually, and one of the things that we did uh, during all things COVID shape was in a way go back right to the beginning mm-hmm. and go back to doing doorstep deliveries all at a safe distance and, yeah. and stuff. And just imagining taking... people like avoiding milk, but like three bowls of gin rather than milk in the morning. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I met not far from where we are now. I went and, and delivered um, gin and uh, hand sanitizer. We made a not for profit hand sanitizer, oh, gave amazing. away. 25,000 bottles wow. something like that have been dis- distributed to yeah. frontline workers and food banks and all all sorts of things but I was delivering um to a woman down down the road from here and mm. my mask had gloves on at the time the whole the whole mm-hmm. shebang around the doorbell did the thing and thing and uh, she came to the door and said oh, darling I've already got three bottles of your gin I just want to see your company survive you oh. do such lovely things oh it's lovely and of course I was completely sobbing into my mask at the, at the oh. side of the road because it felt so bleak and uncertain mm. and I didn't know what was what was going to yeah. happen but, it must have been um, a scary time to have a business during that two years it must oh, have been, totally yeah. our, our business is, is about hospitality yeah, and socialising and there was none there was Going none on. of that yeah but, uh, but yes we went back to doing direct deliveries and in in a way i feel well i feel extremely grateful that i could, could actually that. be out and be active and cycle around and meet people meet our customers yeah. um face to face i've got to be quite good friends with mm-hmm. with some of them over the last couple of years and things and well, it was I a really good thing into you as well aren't they it's not just the company like you're the face of the company so for you to go door to door and do deliveries that's an added extra to the company you know so you buy so many bottles of gin or food or whatever from shops and you don't know anything about the people that are behind it but to actually meet the people that must get feel... me huffety puffeting along yeah. just that's wheezing. A real, it's a real connection isn't it it's a really <laughs> yeah. lovely thing to be able to do and you know one of the things that i thought was was in, again incredibly we were all sort of moved and inspired by with the number mm. of uh, in, our incredibly kind customers who 
uh, bought Brighton Gin and yep. sent it to friends and family around the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And every time someone orders a bottle from us, they um, we, they always get a handwritten thank you note from yeah. us and, and it's in bobs, but of, but also people can send a gift message yeah. due to the uh, technical abilities of uh, the Brighton Gin setup. They're all written by hand in a beautiful, beautiful gift card. There's no <laughs> pressing a thing on a machine and out comes. No. You know, we write these messages out wow. and, and, write, and write them personally to people. Yeah. So you just have this insight into what's going mm. where. We, my, I think my personal favourite was congratulations on your ordination. It's like, fantastic. <laughs> yeah. It's a priest somewhere. Seen it with the gin. Amazing. Drinking, drinking Brighton gin. Yeah. Um, and the other, my other personal favourite was, uh, was um, happy 100th birthday, Ethel. It's like, my God, that's wow. amazing. Um, Ethel had a good night that night. Absolutely. It was probably the gin that's, that's you know, ke- yeah. keeping well, her going. This is what I like to think. It's kind of, um, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, what's the word? Permeating. Is that the word? No, <laughs> Someone's... maybe it should be permeating. No, that's the wrong word. Preserving, preserving. Sorry, yeah. I was looking at Anne. He was going. It just said something with a P. I went permeating. <laughs> no, preserving. Do you know Nigella Lawson says that eating fat is moisturizer from the inside out, and I totally agree with that as well. I'm like, Queen yeah, Nigella. Yeah, more cake, please. Absolutely. <laughs> also, the things that just bring. I think you know whatever can can bring a bit of joy. Joy, yeah. Is life's hard. You need. It's a good yeah, yeah. and I think treat for treats and nice things mm-hmm. are good ways to yeah. to do that. Yeah, I'm going to gin tonight. Now you know that, don't you? It's going to happen. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. So I always find um, queer journeys really interesting. Um, so how would you describe your queer journey? And is it something that you think you know was quite? I don't know. Was it was did it develop over time, or did you kind of was it? Did it go as you thought it would go, or because because I guess obviously we probably came out at different times, and you said you moved here at twenty five, and I can only imagine moving here from somewhere rural would have kind of opened your eyes up anyway. But how would you describe your kind of career journey overall? Really, I mean, until my until I was in my early thirties, oh, t- uh, terrible. Oh, I would okay. say absolutely okay. terrible, quite. Uh, traumatic. I had come out and then gone back in again because the person I came out to said all sorts of really, really unhelpful things Mm. uh, like, uh, no, you don't think that and it's just a phase Mm -hmm. and and all of those, Mm -hmm. all of those things. And now I kind of, um, I do, I know, I wonder if you might be one of those people who life may throw in my path again, because mm-hmm. I probably would have a stern word about, about yeah. some things. Yeah. And also she was an out by woman. I can't believe that those, that now when I look back, I can't believe those are the things that she was, she was saying Same to, to me. Yeah. So if you're listening, yes, I want a word. Yeah. Um, but I, but that's, yeah. So it was just messy, chaotic, mm-hmm. I had a whole ton of internalized homophobia. Mm-hmm. I made some terrible life decisions mm-hmm. uh which are ones for when we go to the pub not for <laughs> not for committing this but a, a whole succession of really really bad mm-hmm. chaotic awful decisions mm-hmm. um and some of those continued while i came down to brighton and i was an absolute mm-hmm. uh hot mess mm-hmm. i believe is the uh, current vernacular mm-hmm. um but i think and actually when i properly came out properly i, I didn't so much came out as was flung by by someone else who oh, wow. uh, said all sorts of terrible things to my family and oh anyway it was a whole massive massive mess mm. and probably all of that quite scarring experience over a long mm-hmm. period of time mm-hmm. explains why I still really really care about doing a, a radio, radio show, show absolutely yeah. week in week out because yeah. there are 
and I interview plenty of people who who come out later, mm. later in life, some really significantly later. Mm-hmm. The baseball player who was one of the um, inspirations for a league and their own, she mm-hmm. came out last week. She's ninety six. Wow! And My goodness! Oh, that's so such a shame, isn't it's it? It's just, uh, yeah. You hope that she was living I don't know, I, behind those doors, a life that maybe she was happy with. Yes, but, but to. If you weren't, and then you're 96, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I really, I, I, I really, really uh, hope that um, yeah. as well. And I did another interview recently with uh, Stanley Baxter's um, autobiographer, not autobiographer, mm-hmm. get my words right. Um, and he also came out, I think, in his late 80s. Mm. And he said he hated being gay and he didn't want to be it. And it was just, and that whole, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's our 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 journeys aren't complete with no with this and no. and you know like I said at the beginning I had the misfortune of being at school during Section Twenty Eight mm-hmm. and uh, so and I do in the whole quite often you know late at night with with friends when you do the whole sliding mm-hmm. doors oh what if what if I do yeah. wonder what my life would be Absolutely. like if I if it had been in a different if, if it be now or something like God if I could have watched. Heartstopper, mm-hmm. or or something, and just seen. Yeah, it's like oh, that's a possible. Yeah, you can. That's see... a possible life. It's not necessarily going to be. You know, there's going to be tears involved in 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 everything. Mm-hmm. But but you know, I just um. So probably the quick answer is really messy, and I shouldn't talk about it. Really <laughs> difficult. I think. Well, thank you for for sharing, and I hope I hope you didn't mind me asking the the, the question. I... No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. And I think, and may you know, I if there is somebody. But listening perhaps who mm-hmm. is in a conflicted state all that mm. whole kind of internalized mm. you know i was so i guess i don't know traumatized by things i couldn't actually it took me a long long time to yeah. to accept myself i completely agree and i think the internalized homophobia that you mentioned um i think i would imagine a lot of people have felt that i definitely felt it and i think it is growing up in a time like you know section 28 again i was at school in the 80s and 90s um, Section 28 was tough and it was, you know, I mentioned on a few podcasts ago about bullying and the fact that, you know, you would go to school and there was no education about queer life. And if you were bullied, nothing was done because it was, you couldn't talk about it. And I feel quite cross about that time now because it's only being in my late 30s now where I kind of think, wow, people really did set us up to fail of that time, you know. And I feel so grateful that children now can go to school and they can have queer books in the library or they can have open conversations or like a few years ago when I did Suffolk Pride a local school got involved and they had pride celebrations at their school I mean it's just incredible you know and that is so heartwarming but not everyone's story is like that mm. is it and you you grow up with it's it's kind of you need to have things reflected back at you which validate you and make you feel that you're worthy and actually you're okay and I think for a lot of people growing up queer we just didn't have that, so I completely resonate with what you're you're saying. Um, and you know, and some people have supportive families, and even if they don't have the the school life or the you know the stuff they need when they're growing up to be reflected back, they've got supportive parents. But there are a lot of people that that don't have that, or and, and people don't understand. And you know, my when I came out in two thousand and four, um, I was thinking about this the other day. It was only really fifteen years prior to that that you had all the kind of you know uh, red. Um, you know, newspapers printing the most awful things about queer people during the AIDS and HIV epidemic that that just sticks with people. They don't move on from it. So 
you know, you start talking about being gay and everyone goes straight back to all the awful headlines that people were reading, which were, you know, really kind of um, false and awful and so discriminatory. And it's no wonder queer people have a tough time in being themselves and actually finally accepting themselves. So it's, it's lovely you can now look back at that time and understand that, but also be in a place where you're you're feeling better. Do you know what I mean? And that, that's definitely a good thing. Absolutely. And I think also the, you know, touching on the thing about, about families, I really love the the Armstead Morpin line about, you know, the logical family. There's a biological family and a logical mm-hmm. family and, and or our, our chosen, chosen families. Family. Mm-hmm. And I think that... That what a richness mm-hmm. that comes with that. It's one of the things that I love so much about mm. about being queer is yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel because I I definitely feel this, but do you feel that um you're thriving more in your life now because you're being authentic? So like the success of the gin company, your radio shows, the purpose you you know what you give to people by doing that show. Is there a sense of Okay, I'm thriving now because I'm actually living my full, fullest truth. Whereas maybe 20, 30 years ago, I'm, I'm, I'm so that's is that, that <laughs> sorry, that, I'm talking about the time, but you know, I'm not suggesting you, but it, but it's like you, if people can't live their full lives and they're hiding themselves, especially at that time, how can you thrive and be successful mm. in the world? I think it's, 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 exa- I mean, it's just mm. exhausting. Mm. I think that the amount of effort taken mm. to, uh yeah to mm. to to do that and to maintain an artifice or just to i mean or just to keep running away from things and running yeah. into into other stuff as a result mm. or putting a smoke screen up it's just mm-hmm. it is absolutely exhausting mm-hmm. and i yeah i i can't imagine being able to do that now or indeed no. want, wanting Want to, to. And you, I spoke to a friend the other day. You never stop coming out to you as a queer person. Absolutely, You're always coming out. Whether you start a new job, whether you meet someone at the pub, you know, it's people don't realise that, and, and that is exhausting in itself. And it's just like, oh, I have to explain this. I have to, you know, talk about this again. And it's just, wouldn't it be lovely to be in that space where we just don't even have to think about it? You know, it's. I don't think people realise for people who are queer how tough it can be. Absolutely, and I think that I mean it's. Uh... Certainly, it's been easier since I had a very, very short haircut. That um, that's a kind of classic signifier. Uh, and, but actually, probably the short haircut com- compared with my age also is like okay, that's um, you know that gives some visual clue uh, to mm. to people. But I think no, you don't don't ever stop it. No, and um, and that's probably a process that will go on and on mm. for absolutely, ever. absolutely. Yeah, but I, you know, I I know of of people that have got children now that are kind of um all teenagers that are talking so openly about sexuality, and it's just so, you know, oh yeah, my friend's trans, oh yeah, my friend's bi, and and it's just, you know, the generations that are coming up now, hopefully, will keep changing that, and it will just become a thing of the past. But I think, as you said earlier, there's a way to go, and we've got to wait for that to kind of kind of happen. Yeah, I think both of those, both of those things are, are mm. absolutely true, and mm. I um I am. Delighted by I, I occasionally get invitations to go and talk at, uh, at schools, and mm-hmm. um, and those schools have got LGBT associations and mm-hmm. uh, and allies groups and mm-hmm. things. And even my my old school, which is an all girls school, I yeah. had an email from from a young person who runs the the group. It's like, oh my god, that's, that's amazing! Such a 
such a fundamental shift yeah. and a really, really amazing and encouraging one. And yeah. um, and my my uh, best mate Ellie, her partner is Easy. Mm-hmm. I know her through radio, all of all the things. Yeah. But and her son is he's just turned eleven, yeah. and he is so unbelievably unfussed mm. by uh, by gender identities. No, no, none of his, you know his classmates also are like, oh well, mm-hmm. they're a they and. She's a and mm-hmm. and they they keep shifting from this and the other. Yeah. Um he's totally unfazed by being surrounded mm-hmm. by I and mean, he's got a lot of, a lot of queer mm-hmm. aunts, uncles and and others. <laughs> Amazing. So he's got a love- rich inheritance probably at some, yeah. at some stage. But I but it's that thing of actually there is oh God, that's a, that is a change. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's, this is it. My I said this a few weeks ago on the podcast, but my my nephew has a non-binary friend, and he's seventeen, and he um, used the pronouns, and then and then he corrected himself, and I just said, "I'm so proud of you," because when I was seventeen, people weren't doing stuff like that. And he's like, "It's not hard, is it?" I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah. <laughs> make it sound bloody easy." <laughs> but um, yeah, it's that's encouraging. That's so lovely to kind of see, and um, I, I really do appreciate that. So. I mean, we've talked about allyship, you know, I think that's incredibly important. I think we've we've covered that. And I think that, um, you know, for me, um, I'm really looking forward to Trans Pride in a few weeks. 16th of July, I think, is Trans Pride is. here in July. Um, in Brighton, here in July, here in Brighton. Um, so I'm looking... Also, same same as Bear Weekend. So you've got to plan your time oh. carefully. So maybe do a bit of bit of uh, Brighton Bear Weekend. They go to Trans Pride or the other way around. Join the yeah. join the march. They have um, the, um, the Bear BQ, don't they? They do. <laughs> They do. It's a fun and and Trans Pride is is amazing. And it's been a privilege to to see Mm. how that uh, has has grown and Mm -hmm. developed. Um, I was uh, involved in helping make a book called Brighton Transformed back in quite a long time ago. And that's and that I had from as that was released in the year there was the first uh, Trans Pride. Amazing. And we walked like 200 meters up St James's Street and it felt like a it felt like a you know taking it taking yeah, it out there yeah. and to see how it's grown developed become a template for other mm-hmm. uh, trans prides around the the mm-hmm. world the opening of the hub on St James's Street is amazing yeah I, every time I walk past that I just kind of like internally applauding I'm like that's just fantastic it's so so yeah, great because I think it's probably eight years since we did the did the book and it was the f- and the yeah. The first March, and I uh, just what what a sign of yeah. of of how progression and stuff. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I think it's yeah and and I I just for me allyship is just so important to be supporting all elements of the community and um you know you don't even need to have a voice but just to be there show your presence wave a flag kind of you know saying to people we're with you I think that's incredibly important so totally I'm so totally and to I just think don't pull the don't pull the ladder up mm. it, that bloody basic mm, just absolutely no i can't wait so are you sponsoring any of the major events this year or the brighton gin company are you so we are we've just announced our so every year we do a we do a fundraising okay. uh, bottle we release a, a special edition of uh, brighton gin we work with a different lgbtq plus artist from the brighton area every year Amazing. they design a special yeah. label um they sign a number of them, so little artworks in miniature wow. to match the gin in the bottle. They get sold, and then the the um, the proceeds from that go to the Rainbow Fund, which then dis- distributes them. Amazing. So our artist this year is Dave Pop, who um, does incredible saucy, cheeky, seasidey stuff. His uh, his 
designs are absolutely beautiful. I can't wait to release them. Amazing. There, there's two of them, and they're under the tagline of Cheers Queers. So they will be out uh, at the end of next week. Fantastic. If all goes to plan, mm. I, I'm worried about saying that out loud and, uh, and tempting, tempting Well, fate. this won't be released until... End of August. So oh you'll have so you'll have known if it happened by then. Practically sold out. You're sold of, out uh, now. Day of the Rainbow Fund made so much money from this. Absolutely. Gym. <laughs> so no. So and actually, I can tell you f- uh, yeah. freely that he has. Uh, yes. Yeah, so each under the Cheers Queers banner, um, the two different designs Amazing. have different queer mer people on the on the front, being wow. very cheeky and saucy. fabulous and Lovely. and saucy. Mm. Yeah, and um, there will be yeah all sorts of stuff around town to to go with those amazing and can um, people order the gin online as well on the website yeah absolutely um brightongin.com and um and actually that's a great thing to to do we can mm-hmm. package it and send it around the country yeah. around the world according to where you are um and yes so the the pride fundraising bottles will be up be up there i will be purchasing one of those that's fantastic they're, i love that they're really we're really excited about it. we're excited about them every every year and also i love it's what each different artist brings to it because yeah. it's kind of a grand reveal and lots of these artists work in um really big scale yeah. pieces mm-hmm. and then suddenly you ask so we worked with fox fisher last year yeah. fox did four four different designs fox usually works in, in big yeah. big prints but then to reduce that down to a label that's like a couple of couple yeah. of inches yeah. high uh, it's a really fascinating process yeah, as well, absolutely. and how people go about it and, and what they bring. Yeah. You need to come and visit the distillery. I can show you the the collection. I would love that. I can pick up my t shirt at the same time. Yay! <laughs> we have new t shirts actually, so oh. come and yeah. Okay, no, I need I need to come and do it. I'd love to. Do you know a few years ago we friend... have windows like I keep going on about, but <laughs> well, a few years ago when I was in Suffolk, we went. Uh, my friend bought me an Adnams Distillery tour because um, Southwold is obviously near where we lived, and but she ordered the wrong one, and we got the beer tour. It was so boring. It's like all these, smell these hops and smell these hops. And it was just, I was like, I want to see the gin. I really want to see the gin. But we did get to go back like to this little pub area afterwards and have some like tasters and stuff. So I did actually get some gin eventually. But um, yeah, it wasn't as as fun as going to do the gin tour. So I'll have to come and come and do yours. Definitely, definitely. And um, and all of our, our tours, we start them all ourselves. Yeah. So generally you'll either get fabulous gin peddler uh Rachel, our resident Yorkshire queer in the in the house doing uh doing tours, or the lovely Paul, ballet dancer turned distiller leading them. <laughs> and we just take it take it in turns. Love it. Quite often my mum pops up to help people only wax a bottle and all sorts of things and wow. my okay. mum might come and be critical with the wax and she's very particular. Oh, so we could do a bottle and then it will go out for the for sale. And then you take and then you take it, you put, do a bottle and personalise it and take it home. Oh, okay. I'm gonna. This is on the list of summer activities. Okay, amazing. Um, so finally, on this question, on this section, so what advice would you give to someone who was starting their journey um, as a queer person or coming out or you know just just trying to find themselves? What advice would you have for them? Oh, I would say. Um, Hold fast, have the courage of your of your convictions. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to your friends, find the right people to talk to. If Me you're too. not sure that you've got the right people to talk to, there are amazing resources mm-hmm. uh, online. Whether it's going to chat to um, all sorts on their their chat portal or Mind Out or any of those yeah. things, or actually finding connecting with a community through. Instagram yeah. or, or or TikTok, mm-hmm. so find find your people where, wherever they are. Hopefully, they are around you physically. But if they're not, there are there are people out there that you can yeah. 
talk to and talk to honestly yeah. and um and hold hold fast mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's kind of that it it's, gets better it does and it's okay to not be okay in the moment and absolutely keep, keep keep your faith kind of thing it will get better yeah, absolutely. absolutely and i think every life gay straight queer able disabled has has got lumps and challenges and bleak bits yeah. bits in it so there are always there's always going to be rough terrain mm -hmm. what whatever mm -hmm. whatever your life but it definitely it gets it gets get better that. and there is a fantastic community out there to discover and get involved in and mm. be enriched by absolutely and it's flipping ace being yeah, being queer it's it really is. really great especially in brighton absolutely be, move to brighton yeah no i completely agree the whole community thing finding your people um your tribe that is that's the one thing that i appreciate i think more than anything about living in this city is that the presence and being visible amongst those people is just incredible so i can i completely agree with you i think that's lovely absolutely and i'd say also generally you know if you don't know how to meet people or are worried about meeting people or or don't know how to even go about that that process go and do some volunteering there's mm. tons of stuff to to volunteer yeah. for uh which been about trans pride they need a whole ton of volunteers but there are community organizations around town who always need volunteers it's a fantastic way to meet people and I have never done a volunteering role and and not got more out of it than I've yeah. given and I've given my all to to yeah. it. So Fulfilling. I think because sometimes it's that thing going, oh God, actually I don't know how to how do I build a community mm -hmm. and and that's a good way to go and I agree. to go and do it absolutely and learn. It's that whole education piece. You get to open your your mind, expand your horizons, and, and meet lots of people and learn stuff. So no, very good advice. So final round. Um, it's quick fire. Oh God! <laughs> well, there's, there's going to be an edit, is it? so I can take my long, ponderous pauses well, out. Some people have been okay with it and been quite decisive, and then other people have been like, "Oh my God, that's a really tough question." But I don't think they're that difficult. So we'll see how it goes. So you're the one asking the questions. Of course, I don't think it's that difficult. <laughs> I wrote it. Yeah, yeah you know what's coming. <laughs> okay, queer icon. Oh, Quentin Crisp. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. The naked civil servant was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, saw a guy at the pub the other day um, that was wearing a Quint, uh, uh, Quinton Crisp t-shirt. They they own the shop um, Popstacular. Ooh, it's a new LGBT or queer shop where they make clothes and they all organic and they print and work with designers and they've got good models. Amazing. Yeah. Whereabouts? Yeah. Um, it's in. I think it's near North Lane somewhere. Um, it's yeah, really cool. I'm going to do a bit of modelling for them on Sunday. Fantastic. And I get to keep the clothes, which is very exciting. Even better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm take, I'm deflecting. Queer Anthem. Oh, I feel love. Oh, tune. Love that one. A song that you never want to stop playing on the radio. No Alarms and No Surprises by Radiohead. Okay. I've never heard that song. Good. Get it on your list. I mean, it's not a, it's not a joyful floor filler. Yeah, but it's a... But it's it's thing I would I if it comes on I would always stop and listen to every every bit. Oh, lovely! Oh, that's nice. Ultimate holiday destination. Nepal. Okay. Last book that you read. Uh, the, I, I'm going to struggle to say it. The Penelope Ad uh, by Margaret Atwood. Okay. Nudist beach or not on your Nelly. Nudist beach. Oh, I love it. Um, the way, as as an aside, this is an aside. You can chop it out in the edit. I just want to tell you tell you the the story. I took um in and. Charlie took our great mates Tim and Nev uh, to Sitges for their bear week for for Nev's fiftieth 
birthday okay. present. And Charlie and I were definitely the the only uh, people without penises there, absolutely. <laughs> and um, and we just had this up. We had a complete hoot. That it was like the parting of the Red Sea as we went down went down the streets, people <laughs> pulsing to to give us give us space to go through. And uh, and going to the the nudist beach with the boys was absolutely hilarious. Because not only was it like a seal colony where there was no room for anyone to move apart from round Johnny, where this, <laughs> this magical exclusion zone ap- appeared. And the um, yes, the sea was more like bear soup. Than, wow. than anything else and then us, us pairing it also though Charlie's from Germany so unfussed and I was a little bit I maybe I'm a tiny bit fussed <laughs> that's an awesome that's an story as, that's an aside that's, that's <laughs> one for the cutting room floor but. I love that that's so good um, something you wish you'd done when you were younger come out to someone different okay your favourite quote mm. Ooh, ponder 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 One foot in front of the other, probably. Hmm. Yeah, it's the answer to how do how do you climb a mountain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. It's good. That's fabulous. Thank you so much. I should have said there should have been a punchline at the end, and I haven't I haven't got one. God no. damn! Let me have a little think. You know, when I'm pedalling away, I'm going to think of all of that. Oh, I should have said that. that. Should have said that. Damn. Oh no, you were quite quick. That was good. That wasn't as slow quite, as some of them. Quite quick. Some, some of them have been really slow. <laughs> And you can hear the silence. I'm like, I hope people don't turn off the podcast. So we haven't finished. We're waiting for the answer. That's the magic of the magic of the edit. I'm going to be. I need to have a think about that. The quote is going to. That's yeah. Uh, my favourite quote is um, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Mm. Maya Angelou. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because it's. I had to learn that lesson so many times. Yeah. But that's a good one. Mm. I have a present for you to say thank you for coming on. Um. <gasps> so okay. This is officially for every listener that's when. So this is episode eight. <laughs> this is the last one <laughs> because I committed to doing these, and um, every yeah, it's been a bit stressful, kind of like preparing for a podcast, <laughs> doing all the PR, and making these. But my husband this week helped me out, and I said, "Can you help me?" And, he, and actually, he really enjoyed it. So um, this isn't made with my hands, but it, the thought was there, and the color was there. I thought it was a nice color, so. Happy, wow. not happy birthday. <laughs> happy, uh, happy podcast. Thank you for coming on my podcast. And, and it's my birthday imminently, so that's so you've it? timed oh, it brilliantly. Okay. Oh wow! Look at this. So it's a scarf. Oh my word! At what, po- at what point did you hand over? Is it all done hey, by your husband? All done by Theo. Yeah, Thank you, I didn't thank do any. You, Theo. <laughs> but um, every guest this. has had a scarf, and um, wow. Season two, I've got twelve guests lined up, and I'm like, I don't think I could do scarves. <laughs> this is a thing of absolute beauty. <laughs> Gorgeous, isn't it? It's yeah. such a nice color. So, how did you learn how to knit? Well, how, how did you learn how to teach Theo how to knit? Well, he taught me. So um, last year before we moved here, we decided to kind of get into it. I think it was the Tom Daly effect. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, we just... Wool- Easier and safer than the diving board. Yes, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a really good website called Wool Couture. They should sponsor the podcast, shouldn't they? I should plug this. Um, and yeah, they send you like some instructions of how to wow. kind of cast off and then you just do it. It's really therapeutic, very relaxing, very mindful. So if you're a bit stressed, get the knitting needles out. It's, oh my God, um, always, permanently. So thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and I'm just thrilled that you came on the podcast and finished off season one. So thank you so, so much for the coming on. The pleasure is absolutely mine. Thank you for listening to my witterings and uh, if you feel the need for it all to uh, to experience a digital error and be corrupted <laughs> and, and not be broadcast, then I, that's absolutely fine. Thank you so much. It's been a, been a real privilege. Been thank beautiful. you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. 
Well, that was such a wonderful conversation and the perfect way to finish season one of Queer I Am, the podcast. Kathy is so inspiring. I absolutely love the story of the Brighton Gin Company and how that came about. And it just goes to show that with hard work and perseverance, you can make dreams come true. I am so, so happy for her and for the company. Kathy is such a presence also in the queer community in Brighton. And, you know, her BBC Radio Sussex uh, show is incredible. And I think it's, it's just so amazing to have such a voice within our community. And for me, it's been an absolute privilege to speak with her today. And I cannot wait to speak with her one day again in the future. So thank you so much to Kathy for being my final guest on season one of Queer I Am, the podcast. And thank you all for listening. I really have enjoyed making this and I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Don't forget to like this podcast, share and subscribe. You can also follow me on Instagram. My address is at Fluey actually. Thank you so much for listening to Queer I Am, the podcast. Until next time. Bye.